Do you have painful periods? Do you struggle with any of the symptoms that show up during your cycle? If you've been around here, you already know I'm all about body awareness around our cyclical nature and helping you when it comes to your unique cycle as a woman. So I'm really grateful today to have four guest contributors on this episode sharing their thoughts and wisdom on the topic. Whether you call it your period, the flow, menstruation, moon time, whatever it is, and whether you're dealing with fertility issues, endometriosis, or just want to know more about having a healthy cycle, then this episode is for you. You'll hear from Carly Slade, a musician, yoga teacher, rewilding advocate, and women's circle facilitator, Nina Boyce, certified hormone coach and Reiki practitioner, Jessica Duffin, author and certified women's health coach specializing in endometriosis, and Renee Flanagan, women's health coach and fertility awareness teacher. So I'll let them take it from here. And hey, by the way, if we haven't met, I'm Jenny Holbert. As a holistic fitness and essential oil specialist, I am all about helping you live and sweat in sync with nature. Wild Wellness actually stands for women into living their dreams because I hope that whatever I share helps you take care of your body so you can take all the adventures. So here's the Wild Wellness Podcast. And first, you'll be hearing from Carly Slade. So I just wanted to say thank you to Jenny for asking me to share about menstrual cycle awareness on her podcast. The work she's doing is completely invaluable, so I'm really honored to be sharing here. And I wanted to start by sharing what menstrual cycle awareness means to me, uh, what it is as a practice, why it's important, and how to go about starting a practice if you don't already have one. So despite the fact that I had experienced crushing lows and debilitating pain, and crazy out-of-control rage for most of my bleeding life, all the way from my first period at 11, all the way through to learning how to cooperate with my cycle at around about 29, I consistently turned down medical intervention. And maybe that's because I'm a masochist, but I felt like the pain and the rage were happening for a reason, and I didn't feel like numbing out was going to help me to move through it. So I tracked my cycle and my moods in some form in my journal since I was 11, Mostly just a little star in the corner and a couple of words. Um, But at 24, I started adding the next layer of noting the physical, the mental, the emotional fluctuations alongside that. And at the time, it was pure preservation for myself and others. So I needed to know when that dreaded transition to the premenstrual phase was due so that when that familiar, persistent and incredibly strong urge to crash my bike into a bus arose, I knew to expect it and therefore hopefully to prevent it. And when the sudden red rage arose, I had at least half a chance of leaving the room before completely destroying trust in my relationship. So it was really useful to be able to preempt these depressive, destructive, debilitating days. But it didn't really help me to know how to cope with them. And this is where the practice of menstrual cycle awareness began completely changing my relationship to my cycle which in turn has gone on to transform my mental, emotional, and physical health beyond my wildest imagination. So the menstrual cycle affects everything we do, everything we are, and yet we've been taught to ignore, deny, and hide this powerful elemental force. We've been taught that to bleed is inconvenient, 
To talk of bleeding is shameful and embarrassing to those around us, and to admit that we shift and change is somehow admitting to weakness. And Alexandra Pope, one of the trailblazers in this work, offers one of the most poignant responses I've ever heard to the argument that women are lesser because they are changeable. She says, limits do not equate limitation. The real limitation comes from not having any limits. And that is one of my favorite lines of all time and something I crack out all the time because that just sums it up so perfectly for me. And so as I began to learn about how my cycle was affecting me, not just physically, but also psychologically, I began to discover that I could free myself from suffering by learning to accept and cooperate with my cycle rather than reject and neglect it. So at 29 years old, after 18 years of suffering, I had my first ever pain-free period by simply accepting my need for solitude during my premenstrual phase and my need for slowness at menstruation. And of course, I've had to make other changes, lifestyle and dietary, looking at inflammation, but this was the first step and it was a game changer. So not only was my period pain-free, but it was also ecstatic and joyful. And I didn't believe that that kind of thing was possible. I felt completely at home, grounded, connected, which was a complete far cry from the wailing, hanging over the toilet bowl, retching, overwhelming feelings of despair and failure that I usually felt when I couldn't continue with my life at the usual pace or when I was interrupted by extreme pain. So I felt like I'd tapped into something much bigger than all of this. I'd remembered the sacred secret of women. And from this moment on, my life began to flow much more in sync. I became more productive, more content, less stressed, more able to speak my truth without hurting others. And most importantly for me, my life gained the meaning, purpose and depth that had felt missing for a lifetime. So I truly began to understand that menstrual cycle awareness is an essential practice of coming home to myself. So I wanted to share a couple of reasons, a few reasons why menstrual cycle awareness feels important. And the first of those is that the menstrual cycle is like an inner timekeeper, our own personal metronome. So it's our connection to earth and the rhythms of nature. And for me, it feels like it holds the keys to our true nature and offers a pathway to meet it if we're willing to step in and explore. The second is congruency. So to reject the menstrual cycle is truly to reject ourselves, to reject our bodies and our emotions, and to accept a lack of congruency as our status quo. So it perpetuates the idea that our needs don't matter. To ignore and deny a natural menstrual cycle is to accept suffering as a normal experience, and to suppress it with medication is to feel that numbness is the only option. And the third is self-acceptance and self-love. So I once heard, and I can't remember who said it, but I loved these words, that self-understanding is a precursor to self-love. So until we understand our wild and cyclical nature, it can be hard to love it fully. And learning to understand and embrace the menstrual cycle is to understand and embrace ourselves. And the fourth reason, surrendering to the flow. So we're cyclical beings, 
and we ebb and flow with the ever-shifting rhythms of our inner and outer lands, rhythms that we've been taught and encouraged to deny, ignore, suppress. To practice menstrual cycle awareness is to reclaim our rhythmical birthright, to remember the joys of swimming downstream and learn how to flow with the currents that guide and inform us rather than against them. And then the fifth and most important, that menstrual cycle awareness is a vital tool for bleeding women in monitoring health and holds a wealth of wisdom about the state of our physical, emotional and mental well-being. So there's a unbelievable book called The Fifth Vital Sign by a woman called Lisa Hendrickson Jack and she discusses how the menstrual cycle should be seen and can be used as a vital sign with as much validity and importance as our pulse, our temperature, respiratory rate and blood pressure. It outlines all the common symptoms and the message your body may be trying to send you through those symptoms. And I feel like all people with periods should be given this book as a standard part of our menstrual education. So each and every symptom carries information about imbalances and issues in the body and the mind. And to learn to decode them is to be empowered with knowledge, to be able to choose appropriate action. Menstrual cycle awareness is a practice of reclaiming the body literacy many of us have been denied through a lack of education and conversation. A lack of body literacy takes away our autonomy, our pleasure, our power, our inner knowing. It takes away our confidence. And Alexandra Pope again states the importance of this practice with absolute clarity in her book, The Wild Genie. She says, Imagine a doctor telling you to ignore your circadian rhythm, to ignore the natural inclination to sleep at night. Just keep going till you drop. Not only would it be difficult to order society, it would be madness for your well-being. But in essence, that's what's happening to women when we're told to ignore the rhythm of menstruation. So hopefully this has provided a little insight into why you might like to start having a practice if you don't already. Um, And there's so many nuances, so much more that can be said and so much more that I could cover. But for now, I just wanted to close by saying that practicing cyclical living of any kind involves getting comfortable with falling behind with stepping outside of the expected and usually unachievable timelines, deadlines and expectations of the modern world in order to step fully into synchrony with nature and to remember how to live in tune with your own inner rhythms. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you for having me. And if you want any more information about this practice, you can find lots of resources and information on my website, which is moonforestflow.com. So thank you so much. Hi, everyone. I'm Nina Boyce, holistic health coach and Reiki practitioner. And I focus on women's hormonal health. So I work with women one-on-one. And I also have an online program where I teach women all the things they need to know in order to get to the root of their hormone imbalances and to start feeling a lot better. Um, And I was asked to talk on the topic of moon time which of course is very um, timely for everything that I'm doing and the work that I do every day. So it's really important to me. And when I think of moon time, the first thing that comes to my mind is this idea of how we all are such cyclic beings. And 
when I think of nature and nature being so cyclical, um, our cycle, just everything in life seems to, the moon, of course, seems to follow such a beautiful cycle that is really out of our control. It's very natural. Um, It happens without us thinking too much about it. And I find that to be so beautiful. So when it comes to moon time or thinking about menstruation, I like to think about it being such a powerful force within our body. A lot of times we really get down on ourselves and our symptoms and we fight uh, the week before our period especially and then even the time when we're on our period, we really want to fight it. We don't want to slow down. We don't want, we don't like the feelings of being a little bit more tired or moody or maybe the pain or cramps that come along with it. But when I think about it being more of a powerful time in my life, a time where I can become really intuitive and harness this cyclical uh, nature moon energy, it takes on a whole new meaning and feeling within my body. And that's something that I would just like to share with all of you and something I'd love to share with my own clients, that it's a time for us to celebrate our bodies. And it's also a time for us to feel our emotions, to honor our emotions and to know that when things come up or whether it's aches and pains or something more emotional or spiritual that comes up, that our body is sending us an, an important message and um, it's our time to listen to it and to honor that. So a couple of things that I like to do during this time is um, I do tarot readings as well as um, offering Reiki. So I I love to grab my tarot cards and my journal and sit down and really just tune into me and gather up all of the guidance that's surrounding me, whatever that is that you believe in, um, listening to that outside universal guidance and tuning into the messages that my own body is trying to send me and putting a plan into action for the, the coming weeks when I'm feeling a little bit more energized or when I'm coming out of my period. I feel like it's time to tune in and listen and then after the period is over, then it's time to put all of that intuitiveness into action and start living really in my power. So That is what I think of when it comes to moon time and so grateful for Jenny for allowing me to come on and to share. But if you are interested in connecting with me, I would love to connect more with you all as well. You can find me on Instagram at Nourished with Nina or there's a ton of information on my website or on my podcast, which is called Healing Hormones Podcast. Hi, Wild Wellness Podcast listeners. I'm Jessica Duffin. I am the founder of This Endo Life. I'm the host of this EndoLife podcast. I'm a women's health coach specializing in endometriosis. I'm an author and I'm an endometriosis warrior. And I empower people to live and thrive with endometriosis. In my life as someone living with endo and as a health coach, I am well aware that people's moon time or menstruation is not always easy. I've actually dedicated the past six years of my life to helping people with endometriosis have easy periods. And often that centers around reducing inflammation, balancing hormones and creating a toolkit for management. And today I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about inflammation. Inflammation, especially if chronic, can cause worsening period pain. We know that people with endometriosis have higher levels of inflammatory chemicals in the fluid that's in their pelvic cavity. And people with painful periods actually have higher levels of these inflammatory chemicals in their menstrual blood as well. 
People with endometriosis also have high levels of oxidation, which is a process in the body that causes inflammation. And endometriosis, ironically, also makes its own inflammatory chemicals, releasing them into the surrounding area. And because it's a chronic disease, our immune system is like constantly fighting. It's constantly sending inflammation to the area and attempt to heal those patches of endo. So there's a lot of inflammation going on. Some of the key ways I work to reduce inflammation includes adding turmeric or otherwise known as curcumin, ginger, magnesium or omega-3 fatty acids. And I like to add these into the diet. And if appropriate, I also add them as supplements as well. Turmeric or curcumin is a potent anti-inflammatory that I'm sure you've all heard a lot about. It's been shown to inhibit the spread of endometriosis, increase the death of endometriosis cells and repress endometriosis growth by reducing the estrogen levels inside the endometrial cells. So that research comes from animal studies, but it's really promising data. Ginger is another really powerful anti-inflammatory and has been shown to reduce period pain and also period-associated nausea, which people with endometriosis get quite a lot. And incredibly, it has actually been found to be just as effective as ibuprofen and methanamic acid during menstruation. And that's also, you know, great news because so many people with endometriosis are prescribed methanamic acid and just lots of painkillers in general. Magnesium is not only a muscle relaxant, but in research, it's been shown to reduce period pain by actually decreasing the number of those inflammatory chemicals that I mentioned earlier, and they're called prostaglandins. I actually really love to use magnesium as a daily supplement that I take to help me sleep. And I also use it um, in bath salts and as a spray on my abdomen towards and during my period. I'm sure that you have heard lots about omega-3 fatty acids and their benefits. Um, and I'm sure you guys are aware how powerful they are in terms of reducing inflammation. But omega-3s can actually alleviate painful periods by making less of those inflammatory prostaglandins blocking the production of them and making more of the anti-inflammatory ones. So I just think it's fascinating. I encourage my clients to eat a diet with um, rich in omega-3 fatty acids and also if they are vegan to add in a supplement, an EPA and DHA supplement that is made from algae. Another key change I often recommend is not just adding anti-inflammatories but taking away the key inflammatory food groups there are a couple of these, but in my experience and research, some of the most aggravating ones are sugar, caffeine, gluten and dairy. Sugar really for me is the number one inflammatory. It can personally take me from a zero on the pain scale to a level 10. And there's actually a really good reason for this. Sugar actually stimulates the production of inflammatory prostaglandins and blocks the production of the anti-inflammatory ones, which is just fascinating. Caffeine is a little bit more variable. It can be infl inflammatory for some and anti-inflammatory for others. It really depends on your genetics. And dairy and gluten can be an inflammatory because they both contain a protein that causes inflammation in many of us. Um, dairy can cause histamine reactions, which can worsen period pain. And in studies, it's been shown when people eliminate gluten that they actually experience a significant change in their pain when they have endometriosis. Having said all of this, it's so important to find a method that works for you and that you're comfortable with, whether that's making a couple of tweaks before your period, during or all month long, it's totally your choice. 
If you want to learn more or to work with me one-on-one or to join one of my free groups, you can find me at this underscore endolife on Instagram and I'm at www.thisendolife.com and you can also get in touch uh, with me through an application form on my website to book in a free consultation call if you'd like to learn a little bit more about how coaching can help you and share what's happening for you with endometriosis at the moment. I hope that's been helpful. Hi there, my name is Renee Flanagan and I'm a women's health coach and a fertility awareness method educator. Since this episode is all about moon cycles, I thought I would talk a bit about fertility awareness because that's kind of my obsession and what I love. So in case you're not sure what that is, in short, fertility awareness is when you observe your body every day and then create a chart with the information you've gathered. Different methods collect different types of information. You can then use the chart that you make to see where you are in your cycle, including when and if you ovulate. Ovulation is kind of the main event that you're looking for um, for the fertility awareness method. So this method can be used either as a natural hormone-free method of birth control or to conceive more easily. If you know when you're ovulating, then you know when to have sex to make a baby. And vice versa, if you know when you're ovulating, you know when to not have sex if you're trying to use it for birth control. But really, it's so much more than that. I can honestly say that learning to chart my cycles using FAM has changed my life. For one, there are no side effects to using FAM. I was never able to say this with birth control. I'm someone who was never able to be on birth control for more than a couple of months because I would always have really bad side effects. And side effects are really common. It's not really talked about a lot. Maybe you've experienced this yourself. For some women, they can just try a different birth control and have it be better. But for me, I seriously tried every one I could possibly think of and was just never able to handle the side effects. Also, when I started living my life in a more natural way, like eating better, um, focusing on organic food, practicing yoga, and keeping chemicals out of my natural or out of my beauty products, it just didn't make sense anymore to then be adding synthetic hormones back into my body. I was trying to clean out my body, not add more stuff back in. Also, I no longer worry about unwanted pregnancies. I could never say this before learning FAM. Did you know that women are only fertile for six days every cycle? That's crazy. I never knew that before. I was always taught that I could get pregnant pretty much every day of my cycle. Um, And so it just doesn't make sense to take a pill every single day for something that you really only need to worry about for about six days. Um, You know who is fertile every single day, though? Uh, Men. So maybe we should be pushing these little pills on them instead of on us. Anyway, okay, so for the last seven years, I've been using FAM as my sole method of birth control. I've had full confidence that I won't get pregnant because I know when I'm ovulating, and so I know when it's safe for me to have unprotected sex and when it's not. And I've been able to do this with no more synthetic hormones, no medical devices, and no pregnancies. I've never had a slip-up. FAM has also taught me how to truly understand, know, and accept my body. To me, this is the, my favorite thing about FAM. It keeps me connected to myself every day. It's kind of a 
you know, five-minute little thing I do where I check in with myself and make note of what I'm seeing and feeling. I really feel like I've become the expert on myself. To me, this knowing of yourself is the ultimate act of feminism. Now, obviously, the birth control pill, you know, back in the 60s um, gave women a lot of freedom and control that they didn't have before. They could control when and if they had babies. But with FAM, you get to still have all that control, but without having your body or without harming your body and without turning off the very thing that makes you a woman, your hormones. The last thing that, or not the last thing, but (laughs) the last thing I'll talk about that I love about FAM is the community that comes with it. It's actually why I became a FAM teacher. My goal is to give back to this community that has given me so much. Um, I want to give back more than I've ever taken. So I'm obviously a huge fan of FAM. Um, But there are other ways that you can start charting or tracking your body without fully having to learn FAM. So to start with, you could start just with tracking your periods. You can track when they begin and when they end and what they're like. You can also track symptoms that you have both when you're on your period and just throughout your whole cycle. You can also track your sleep, um, how much you're sleeping and how well you're sleeping, your diet and your movement. And when you're tracking all of these things together, you might start to notice patterns that you've never noticed before. To help you get started with tracking um, these things, I've created a free resource for Wild Wellness listeners on my website um, called Five Things You Can Chart Now Even If You Don't Practice FAM. So you can find this guide in the tracker. Um, The tracker is actually the one that I use with my personal clients. Um, You can find this at reneeflanagan.com forward slash wild wellness. And this can be used whether you use, even if you're already practicing FAM, this could be a nice addition to the chart that you're already track keeping. Or if you don't practice FAM, you can just use this by itself. To learn more about me and my work, um, you can go to reneeflanagan.com where I talk all about FAM, periods, hormones, and even throw in the occasional hormone balancing recipe. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook at WHC. I hope you got so much out of this episode. And just a reminder, you can get everything that was mentioned, including links and information about today's guests in the show notes at jennyholbert.com slash 80. As always, feel free to share this with someone that you thought of who might benefit from hearing this information. And thank you for being here. I'm so grateful you're a listener on the Wild Wellness Podcast. And until we chat again, Go live your one wild life.